You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we want to thank everyone for being here, and uh, whether you're joining us here, uh, if you're on campus, or maybe you're listening online in our podcast, we want to thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time here, uh, we thank you for taking the time to be here and worshiping with us together. I believe God has a blessing for you today. That's just the way he is. He just blesses us whenever we put him first. And we've been going through a campaign. It's a What on Earth Am I Here For campaign. And, uh, and God's been doing some amazing things. Um, and I, 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 you've been hearing me talk about it. I've been preaching every week and teaching on it. But now we have different individuals that are going to be sharing from real uh, life experiences that happened to them. And uh, I thought that would be wonderful. Uh, we can't have everyone come up and speak because then we'd have like a four-hour service. So we've got select, we selected some, and it was wonderful, wonderful, wonderful first service. So here, let's look at your outline real quick. What occurs, what occurs when God's purposes are experienced in my life? I thought about seven things that begin to happen in our lives when God's purposes are experienced in our lives. And the first thing that, I, that, that came to my mind is that there's a realization of God's love for me. How many of us know it's important for us to know that God loves us? In fact, the Bible says this. It says, God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So this morning, first service, we baptized three individuals. They became members of the, the family of God, and they were recognized in front of everybody, and, and it's a go-God moment, but they weren't saved by their efforts. They were saved because of God's grace, because he loves them so very much. Uh, one of the testimonies that came in, one person wrote this, and it's a powerful praise. It's very simple, but they wrote this. They said, God loves me. If there's nothing that you get out of coming to church but this, if there's nothing that you got out of the campaign but this, it's important. God loves you very much. Another person wrote, um, in this final quarter of my life, as my physical health fails, God is revealing new purposes in my life. Part of realizing God's love is finding out that you are of great worth even when you are at the tail end of your life. Even when you're at that place uh, that, that, that you're aging. Um, another person in, in one of the small groups wrote this. I have grown closer to the Lord because of this teaching. I feel the Lord much closer to me now than I ever have before. Thank you, Jesus. And what they're saying right here, this individual has realized that God's love is making an eternal difference in their life. And when you share that love, when we receive God's love, what do we do? We share that love. When people come around you, they see something different. 
Another person wrote this on a leave testimony. They said, opening my home to host a small group has been a great blessing. Christians coming together to share God's love. We're going to hear a lot of testimonies of how that is working in the body of Christ. Uh, A second thing that occurs when God's purposes are experienced in my life, number two is this, the development of our love for God. Not only do we receive God's love, but we begin to say, Lord, I love you. You begin to point and say, praise God, or whatever we sang in that song. Praise you. I was saying praise God. You were saying praise you, but we were on the same boat. You know, we receive this wonderful praise. It's a powerful praise of an experience because when you start understanding God's love, when you start walking in God's love, there are those moments that you're like, wow, God, you feel his presence. You sense that he's with you. A person wrote, Monday morning at work, I was alone in the band room. They work in the high school, and they they work in the band room. And they were looking, they said, looking through the double glass doors, and the soft clouds were everywhere. I could see the swimming pool and the mountains through the doors. It was glorious. I could only say, wow, and then, wow, God. I proclaimed those words over and over in worship because it was a God moment. The Bible is filled with God moments where you feel the awesomeness of God. Can I tell you that there's a lot of people at the high school that look through those double glass doors and they don't see the clouds. They don't see the mountains. They don't see the swimming pool. But when you're walking in God's purposes, you actually experience how amazing God is and you have a love for him. Betty Saunders shared a wonderful testimony first service about how she's been growing in her love for God during the campaign, and I want her to share again second service. Are we on here? On? Yeah. It is fun coming to both services. Maybe Butch was right. We need it both times. It's nice to look out and see more familiar faces, though. Um, I'm used to coming to second service. But anyhow... Um, When Pastor said we could have two or three minutes, I thought, what can I say in two or three minutes that will be effective? I mean, three to five minutes, I think he said. Excuse me. Now she's going up. No, he said that. You said that. And and you know what Butch said? said, Butch, your husband said, two to three minutes. You've never said anything in two to three minutes in your life. (laughs) That's true. That's true. He told me that after service. But anyhow. Uh, I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I want to say something effective. And uh, the Lord reminded me of something. I wanted to bring glory to him and, and touch your hearts too. So God, I believe God reminded me of, uh, of something that in my early days when I was just a little girl. My dad, um, my dad was six foot tall. He was a big man. And um, I loved my dad dearly. I mean, he was perfect in all ways. That's my opinion, see. But anyhow, um, he would... We, we had, we had a place where we had access to a swimming pool, and I said, it wasn't our swimming pool. We weren't rich. We were kind of poor, but we had a swimming pool. We got to go. My dad would get in the pool, and I'd stand on the side, and I, I think I was around five or six years old. I'm not sure. But um, he'd say, jump, Betty, jump, I'll catch you. And he'd put his arms out to me, and he'd say, jump, jump. You know, and I'd look out there, and I'd think, Oh, that's water. That's a lot of water out there, and I'm sure it's more than six foot deep or real deep. Is my dad touching bottom or anything, you know? 
But after a while, finally, I'd go ahead and jump into the water, and he'd catch me. And it was so good. I mean, I'd get out again. He'd jump in again. I'd get out and jump in. And boy, after a while, it was like trust, love, trust, love, back and forth. I began to, I loved my dad to begin with, but I trusted him whenever I trusted his word that he would catch me. And I'm thinking, Lord, this is, this is something that somebody needs to hear because um, sometimes we need to just trust God and the love, I mean, my love for him has developed so much in this small group. I love our small group. And I said in the first, first service, I said, this is my family. This group of people is like my family. They're my brothers and sisters. We've got new people, new brothers and sisters. We've got a couple, couple new couples, and I just love them. They add to our group. But anyhow, uh, I just wanted you to know how I feel and my love towards God, how it's grown. And I know his love towards me, it's always been. But if, if you know God, you know he loves you. And if you will reach out and trust him, that song, those couple songs that our brother led us in, um, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I wrote, yes, I'm overwhelmed with God's love. I run to your arms. Oh, my gosh, yes. I run to the arms of God because... Who else can you go to whenever things are not good? Whenever through the storm and through the calm, that song, through the storm and the calm. He's with me, and I've been in the storm, and I've been in the calm, but I've got peace because I have that love of God in me, and he's got, he shows me love every day. If you're not in a small group, I'm going to say like Pastor Jeff says, get in one because they need you just as much as you need them. So that's all I'll say. Thank you, Betty. Really good. So the third thing that occurs when God's purposes are experienced in my life is the desire to connect to a church. You know, God doesn't only want us to go to church. God wants us to be the church. And one person said this. He said, I am thankful for the love of friends within our home group and church. God is love, and that love is definitely felt and given in our group. Thank you, LWC, for your love. And then they put at the end, faithfulness. It's okay to love your home church. Because when you're loving your church, you know God's moving in your church. God's working through your church. Amen? How many of us say, I love going to that restaurant. I love going there. How much more to be in God's house and to say, I love going to the church. Paul wrote uh, this to the church in Rome, and it's one of my favorite verses. He said, let me first say, let, let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. A church that is thriving in the faith of Jesus will be talked about. Did you know that? When God is moving in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in a local church, people are going to be saying, that is amazing, the things that are going on right there. So the fourth thing that occurs when God's purposes are being experienced in my life is this, an excitement in investing one day a week to a small group and inviting people to participate. You won't believe how many countless praises from people uh, who participated in small groups we received. And you'll never understand how big this is, how grand it is, until you become a part of a community of small groups. The Bible says day by day, 
attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. So small groups are very scriptural. We talk about that all all the time. And one person said this. They said, the thing I got most out of the campaign was enjoying the fellowship of some of the best people I've ever met. And guess where he got close to those people? In a small group. Another person said, this group has grown and become a small family. And this isn't Betty's praise report. It's someone else. And they said, supporting each other through ups and downs and getting closer to God through our study. Small groups meet the needs that we all have. All of us go through difficulties. All of us have good things happen. We can share the good things and we can have people strengthen us through our difficulties. Tracy Sobchak has a testimony of how their small group was able to embrace one of the best friends of their son. And through that, God has used them, and it's been a real blessing. Hi, everyone. As Pastor said, I'm Tracy Sobchak. And uh, as most of you know, we lost our son uh, almost two years ago, next, next Sunday. So you can keep us in your prayers for next, next whole week. Actually, today I noticed when I was singing the praise songs, I was struggling a little bit. Um, I am just excited to tell you what happened. Uh, you know, when you lose a son, you you just want it to mean something. And I know we know Jeff and I know where he is. Uh, and someone came to Christ that very day when we celebrated his his day. But you know, you want more. You want more people to come. Uh, Brandon, uh, this ironic ironic thing happened to us. We, as we went through this series, we it finally hit us. It was like an epiphany. Uh, our son had many learning handicaps, and he uh, had a really hard time understanding the Bible. And when we went through this series the first time as a family, and and Brandon, the Purpose Driven Life book uh, became not his Bible, but it became his kind of a, a moving into the Bible by using purpose-driven life. He finally was able, it, it was a more simplistic way to understand the scriptures. And he uh, talked to many people about the Lord before he died. And um, he used this purpose-driven life book many times. And I know he gave a lot away. Uh, so it just came as such a funny, int- interesting epiphany when Jeff and I realized that uh, two of his best friends that live in uh, Tucson still, uh, he didn't come to Christ yet, and uh, they were so close to him. And they, they know God, but they hadn't developed a relationship yet. And one of those young men are in our group. He started uh, six weeks ago, and he doesn't miss. And he's become our whole small group's special little guy, right? He's 26, and we're a little bit older than him. We are. <laughs> um, but we've taken him under our wings, and uh, we have just really enjoyed seeing him respond in such a way that he's, we know he's close. And, I, and, and like Pastor said last, last time, uh, we know the victory's already won. I know he's going to come to Christ. Uh, all of us, are our small group, when he's a little bit late, we're all praying for him and talking about, well, what's, where's Chris at right now, you know? So anyway, I just wanted to share with you that wonderful story because of this small group that we have that is so tight and so close and so willing to love on him and pray for him. Um, so thanks for letting me share.
That's great. Amen. So the fifth thing that occurs when God's purposes are experienced in our lives is a decision to serve others by using your God-given gifts. You know, Jesus talked to his disciples and he called the 12 and he said, anyone who wants to be first, you need to be the very last and you need to become the servant of all. You know, serving changes our lives and it also changes our hearts. Someone wrote, God has granted me the ability to help other people. He is so good. When you realize that he's working through us so that we can be a blessing to someone, it just changes you. Another praise report that came in from another person said, no matter how old or handicapped you are, you can still serve the Lord in a different way. Some of you might be thinking, I can't do anything for the Lord. Yes, you can. God will use you until the very end of your life for his glory. There's a, we got two praises on, on, on serving, and I, I want, uh, first of all, for Vicki Dietz to share on how the Lord's been speaking to, to her heart on, uh, on serving. And so... Hi, I'm Vicki Dietz. I'm not very comfortable being up here, so I wrote all my thoughts on paper. <laughs> I didn't want to forget something or do anything, so... I hope you guys take it sincerely because I took time this morning to actually write it out. So this book, this Bible study, was very impactful for me. Rick Warren has a great ability to take something that seems so complicated and make it so simple. For example, the purpose of life. Through this study, I felt as though God was showing me that I have the four characteristics to serve, which is being, being available, being grateful, being faithful, and being generous. But God also revealed to me that it only applies to my immediate or biological family, not to my church family. I love that this book challenged me to think about what exactly I'm doing with my everyday life. Matthew 20, 28 says, Your attitude must be like my own, for I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve. If I want to live according to God's purpose, which I do, then I need to be constantly striving to be like Jesus, which includes serving. How do you serve God? By serving his people. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. I don't know exactly what my gift is, but through studying this book and being inspired through the teaching of Rick Warren, I know that I have a heart for youth. (laughs) Job 10.8 says, Your hands shaped me and made me. I don't know what my spiritual gift may be, but I do know what my heart is compassionate for. I know my abilities. I know my personality. And definitely know my experiences. Now I just have to be willing to use all that God gave me to serve. Also through this book, I was taught there are seasons in life. Some seasons when you're more busy than others, and some when you're less busy. I'm in a very busy season right now. I have a husband and four daughters, my girls ranging from ages 15 to 3. And I have a house that keeps getting dirty. <laughs> but I also know that Matthew 10:12 says, or 10:42, excuse me, says, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that person will certainly not lose their reward. So God says, even the littlest of services does not go unnoticed. I am busy in this season of my life, but I know if I don't serve today, now, then I most likely won't serve later. And what a great example a serving mother displays to her children. I love this quote from the study guide. It says, what matters in life is not how long you live, but how you live. 
What matters is not the duration of your life, but the donation of your life. I am thankful for Rick Warren and this study. And if anyone did not read the book or go through the study, I encourage you to do so. Thank you. Thank you, Vicki. Very good. Your gift may be preaching, girl. We may have a preacher up here. So serving sometimes, sometimes we're timid. And sometimes through circumstances, God prompts us to come out of that timidity and do things that are against our comfort zone or go way past our comfort zone. And we have an instance in the SopCheck group where that was the case. And because of someone taking that step, others were blessed. Do you want to share that, Tracy, in your, in your group? Yes, this group uh, that we have, our small group, has just gotten, we just really gelled right away. But this, a couple weeks ago, we had a situation happen where we went to a new level um, past the superficial part and become, became very close. The men and the women in our group, <clears throat> when we answer questions, our group has gotten so big that we split up so that more people can get a chance to talk. Uh, we had uh, one woman, and I'm going to let her talk for a minute here, uh, that had a real bad heartfelt need, uh, had a tough life, and talked, had a lot of pain from it. And as she spoke, uh, one of the most timid women in the group who doesn't feel comfortable talking shared her heart. And um, I knew right away when I looked at her, I knew um, what she... She just shocked me. I knew that something awesome was going to happen in the group because I know her heart. I know she's so scared to talk. So because she spoke and she shared her pain with this other person, thought we just felt the Holy Spirit with the, all the women in the group, and we all just went together and hugged and, and prayed over her. And from that day, I noticed that we've all been closer and I was just going to let the other ladies just share a little bit about what they felt in that experience. God places us in small groups by design. When you go through trials, there's somebody else who's been there before you. And he knits us together and puts us back to back because we can help each other. And that's what happened in our small group. It's a safe place to share your heart, to know that it's not going to go beyond those walls unless you want it to. And to have people gather around and help meet the needs that you have so deep inside of you. That's what Jesus did for us. And he gives us his spirit so we can do it for others. And we're better together. And that happens in small groups. Very good, Loretta. Um, I was the person who had the hard life. And at my age now, I'm still struggling. And I know God brought me to this church and to this group and to these people for a reason. Because we're finally going to get rid of all that. And these people will be right beside me to help me and the church, I know. And I just wanted anybody that, that questions whether they should join a small group that... There's things that come up that you don't think are going to come up, and, and you need people there next to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Whitney. 
The, the sixth thing that occurs when God's purposes are experienced in my life is the joy of becoming generous and also the elation of receiving the generosity of others. You know, Paul talked to the leaders of the church of Ephesus and he said, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. God is a generous God, and everywhere his purposes are experienced, you'll see an outpouring of generosity. We received a wonderful praise from a person, and I actually got to experience this kind of being worked out. Her praise was, we serve an awesome God. I am always amazed how God is always working behind the scenes to bless us, and we never know until he reveals it. I was in need of a surgical procedure, but did not go forward with it because of the high deductible I needed to pay to have it done. The God of miracles touched someone's heart to help me. Through God's prompting and the generosity of this person, I was provided the means to have the surgery. We will give all the glory to God. Now, the beautiful thing about this testimony is this person didn't go around into the small groups asking, I need money, I need money, because that's not the way God operates. Amen? If we go start asking people for money, then you know, we, we need, that's something that's not from the Lord. That could be manipulation. But when God puts it on someone, when you're not asking, but he knows your need and he meets your need, that brings glory to God. And this is exactly what happened here. You know, when generosity is working through the, the God's people, not only in the church, but through the church, big things happen. Because that's what Jesus did. He meets the needs of people. And the last thing that I jotted down is you'll experience true peace. When you are experiencing God's purposes, you will experience his peace. Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. One person wrote on a leaf testimony, thank you, Lord, for giving me the blessing of your word to help a couple of men at work to give them peace with the word of God. Another person wrote, from sharing with a wonderful brother and sister in the Lord, a heavy burden that I was carrying, it was lifted, and I was given good advice and had an answer to prayer. Praise the Lord. You know what I like about this? It's going off of the pages of the Bible because the Bible doesn't lie. The Bible is God's word. But when it goes off of the pages into someone's life, we know that we serve a God who changes things. We know that his peace surpasses all understanding. And it gets us through whatever we're going through. Another person said, my biggest aha moment was the verse Romans 8.28. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And they said, it has made such an impact on my life, realizing that even bad things are used. It makes my life so much easier to handle. I don't know about you, but all of us, myself, we go through difficult times. And it's reassuring when we know that God will give us peace no matter what we're going through so that his name will be glorified. Jim Halligan shared a wonderful testimony of first service. He's going to share it again about a, a time during this campaign that was difficult. There was a time of despair. 
And God actually worked through the campaign, through the word of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and did some, some work in your life. Jim, share that. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be up here. I want to, uh, first of all, thank my small group, everybody in my small group, uh, for your support and everything that uh, we went through. And the other thing is uh, I'm at peace with God right now. And if it wasn't for the campaign, it wasn't for this book, and it wasn't for the small group, I, don't, I wouldn't have made it. And I just want to say uh, we went to a, one of our members' houses yesterday with our small group. And we got to work for many hours on helping her solve some problems at her house. And when I got home, it was late in the afternoon, but it was the greatest, uh, greatest feeling in my heart that we, we all put together time, we worked as a team, and we helped one of our members of the church. And the other thing I wanted to say is I had a door close on me and I didn't give up. I, I looked at the word, followed the book, and I know there'll be other doors in the future opening. And I just want all of you to know if you do get a door closed, it's not the end. It's just the beginning of something else that's going to come. Amen. Amen. So thank, thank you. Amen. Beautiful. Let me say two things real quick, kind of along with Jim. First of all, Jim was a supervisor underground as I was a supervisor underground for a lot of years. And Jim has a resume that is polished. I mean, he's done a lot of great... He will never say this. He's a very humble man, but he's been a leader in the fire department. He's been, you know, all kinds of different things, very good things. And so during this time, he was going up for a, for a job, and, and that door closed. But Jim knows, as, as he, we've talked, is that when God closes a door, he'll open another door. Amen? And through the small group, that was wonderful. But let me touch, that small group went into a, a, a widow's home that had been hospitalized for more than six months, came out, and her deck was, was needed a lot of work for her to get up and down the deck of her house. And they redid the deck and made it safe. And I think Jesus receives all the glory for that. Just a wonderful, wonderful thing. The church is alive and well. Amen? And we are part of the church. And we're not the church. We're a part of the church with all our sister churches all over the world. And we're going to do the work for God. Um, Let me say this. Get in a small group. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. There are small groups all over the place. You can talk to Pastor Jeff after the service. Go to the, the info counter and uh, find information on how you can get connected to a small group. If you're in a small group, invite people and uh, let's keep worshiping and praising the Lord and letting him work through us for his glory. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we, uh, God, we thank you for revealing to us, but individualizing this to me. That purpose and meaning are found in and through faith in Jesus Christ. We had three ladies today, Lord God, that they found purpose. They found meaning by Jesus. You've created me to worship. 
So today I choose to make Jesus the focal point of my worship. I also want to thank you for gifting me to serve in and through your church. May the actions of my life bring you glory as I depend on the Holy Spirit to empower me to live in a way which will represent Jesus in everything I do. In his name I pray. Amen and amen. Let's all stand up and worship the one who's worthy of our worship, and that's Jesus, as they receive the offering. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.